Becky, let watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Wrong show. <laughs> you are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your host, Ray Dudley. We are broadcasting from the not-so-overly-ostentatious studios of WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, and we can be found at nhtalkradio.com. Before we go too far, I want to thank our sponsor, the folks who make this program uh, happen. Those are the folks at Lakes Region Fence. I believe their uh, website is lrfence.com. If you need a fence, they do wonderful work. I can speak for it personally. And, hey, guess what? They actually answer their phones. Oh, my God. Think of that. Today is a great day. A great day. Because I... <laughs> I am trying to correct a faux pas, which um, I created. Huh, shocking. I know. In studio with me today is Eric and Kathy Hodges. When this NH Unscripted first started, and uh, I was going through a list of people I wanted to talk to, for some unknown reason, they were not in the top five of my list. I have no idea why. But we are correcting that today. Welcome. Well, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> nice to be here. Ah, tell you what, I'm already ready for a nap. It's one of those <laughs> days. It's one of those days. I'm so glad, literally so glad you're here. I'm excited. I feel like Alice and I could fall down a million rabbit holes. And so... Well, we'll see what we can arrange for you. There. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Happy well, to do that. Thank you very much. So, oh, I have a question for you. Before we go too deep, this is just off the top of our heads. Say you get in your car, you throw on your music app. What genre of music comes up most often for you? Either one of you. Music app. Do you have a music app? Oh, in your come car? on. No. 2023 got, knocking. Hello, hello. I, I got the old iPod. And, oh, you do? Uh, yeah. Sure. It's just a, a range of, uh, oh, dear, Beatles, uh, Who, Stones. Of I'm course, loving you. you know, I could kiss uh, you I'm, on the lips. I'm a, I could. I'm a product of my era. Yes, what can I say? yes. Yeah, um, I have a flash drive with all of those. A because, flash drive, because all right. Because he's the one that puts it together. But it also includes Forge Bitch and Babes and What? And a lot sweet, of show tunes. Sweet Honey and the Rock, yeah, show stuff. tunes. Um, I like her music bare naked. better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a whole wide range. So when I use my three and a half inch floppy drive, oh stop it! <laughs> and I fire up my Commodore. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you, Eric. I tend to lean, oh man, Credence. I'm down there with Credence Clearwater Revival. Absolutely. Some of those folks from the '70s. Well, thank you for that bit of information. <laughs> Please tell me, I consider you to be New Hampshire theater royalty. Oh, good grief! I know, I know, I know. Well, wear it proudly because that's where we're going with this. Thank you. Um, Tell me, either one of you can start off, but I, you've been doing this for a long time, mm. which means at some point you you fell in love with or got hooked on somehow the theater. Sure. How did that happen? Where did that come from? Because to sustain you this long means it wasn't just, you know, I fell in love with it and then I fell out of love with it. Mm. Where did it come from? Well. <laughs> As we look at each other. Indeed. Um, Performing for me was started as singing. Um, the I have three sisters, I'm three out of four, and we used to perform at 
dad's odd fellow meetings and mom's Rebecca meetings and Nana's Eastern Star meetings. And they were the former Gregor girls. And my grandmother had made us matching outfits and we would come out and we would sing. And my first song was Puff the Magic Dragon. And I was probably all of five. And, you know, there it is. Peter, Paul and Mary going right back, right? <laughs> yeah. Drug culture. They, even then. they claim it's not. I'm not believing them, but... <laughs> So, so you loved performing at that age, or did you? Were you still like nervous? But did I? Were I, you? I did. It, you know, now you're getting into the psychology of all. I this. am. Well, I was the three out of four. I was basically the middle daughter, and I was invisible. So this was a way to make me visible. Uh, Isn't that sad? Yeah. Where are the tissues? <laughs> <laughs> But I didn't join the plays, the Concord Players, until I got out of college in 78. Were you doing theater all that time? Were you doing uh, some I, form of... I did a couple of shows in high school. We didn't have a big theater program back then. Um, but my senior year, I was Bloody Mary in South Pacific. And people went, we didn't even know you were in our grade. And I'd been going to school with them since first grade. I'd you been, were invisible. I, I was invisible. <laughs> um, so that that was lovely. Um, Bob Stewart cast me in my first show, and uh, I've been busy with the players ever since. Now that I've retired, yay! Um, I'm branching out, so I'm doing a show in Laconia with Powerhouse that will be happening the end of September and October 1st, Quilters. And I am the matriarch. I am Sarah. Okay. So um, I'm very excited about that. Okay. I'm going to come back to that. Yeah. Thank you. Eric. Mm. Well, uh, it all started. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, As I came out of my mother's womb. Indeed, yeah. Basically, uh, yeah. My, my first show with players was in 65, The Clown Who Ran Away. I was nine. And, um, oh, God. Uh, my association with theater began with uh, both my parents were involved with the community players heavily. What? Really? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, my dad was president in 1966, what? 67. Uh, he didn't enjoy it much, but he was there. And uh, that was the, the year that. The being president is fun. Indeed. Who would have thought that? I remember uh, specifically seeing him as Mr. Meeker in uh, Inherit the Wind. Which was uh, they won the Moss Hart Award that year for excellence in community theater for that production, uh, and he was president at the same time. My mom was all over the place working makeup and costumes and all of that. So I was kind of the accessory that they brought along to a I lot had of those no rehearsals. No idea. No idea. Sure, goes way back. Wow. And I found myself in high school uh, uh, doing uh, Bob Stewart's uh, theater program. Uh, up at uh, Bishop Brady and then at Concord High School. Um, uh, I really kind of took off. Uh, spent a semester at the Boston Conservatory of Music as a acting major music theater minor. Got a really good idea of what professional theater is all about and said, yep, not for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I prefer being a gifted amateur and uh, have been ever since. I've done a little professional work uh, down in Manchester, but uh, not enough to make a, a Where dent. did you learn to play an instrument? Oh, that's all self-taught. It is? Sure. The, the Beatles and Joni Mitchell were my template because they taught themselves. 
Uh, none of them read music, and I figured that's for me if, if, if I can do it. And it takes a lot longer to do that way. Believe me, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Hmm. But uh, um, it's quite possible these days especially to pick up an instrument and be able to play in pretty short order if you yeah. know what you want to sound like. Oh, my God. Speaking of apps, right, there are so many apps that you can go out and, and just teach yourself guitar, mm -hmm. piano. I don't, yep. I don't do it, but... I can barely sing, so I'm not going anywhere near an instrument. But having been around for a while, how have you, you've watched the evolution of not only theater but the theater groups mm -hmm. as as they've grown? I thought, how many are there now? 150, 200? Yeah, yeah, yeah they're right. All over the place now. What would you say is is the benefit to that if you find one, or or what has been the biggest headache that you think? comes from that yeah the lack uh, of manpower yeah, yeah. Um, back back in the day <laughs> uh, the players were the only place in town yeah i mean we were um we were the go-to place we're in our 96th season and for the first 50 years it was the players there was the concord music group that would do um, Gilbert and Sullivan and, you know, things like that. Um, but then you have all of these other, you have RB, you have Majestic, you have you know, work. I, I now host at the Hatbox, and so I'm there at least once for every show that they have. So many groups, yes. so many quality groups. Mm. They're just bringing in some fantastic things. And it's great if you're an actor, you can go, if you're willing to travel, you can go hither and yon and, and do what you want. Um, but we are having a lack of people who want to come and work and be a member and be an active member. Yeah. Um, I hear the music. Going. Yes. Huh? You get your dancing feet on? We are shuffling. You are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your host, Ray Dudley. You can find us on WKXL 1458 and 103.9 on your FM dial. Dial. Yeah, I said dial. 101.9 FM in Manchester. And you can find us also at nhtalkradio.com. We are going to be right back. I'm with Eric and Kathy Hodges. Oh, I'm so glad I got out of bed this morning. Mainly because I don't get out of bed every day, but today is special. You're listening to NH Unscripted. I am your host, Ray Dudley. We can be found on WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM band. That's the AM band and the FM band, for those of you who are old enough to know it. 101.9 FM in Manchester and nhtalkradio.com, where you can find this show and episodes of all of the other programming that goes on here. I am happy to be talking with Eric and Kathy Hodges. Ooh. Oh, Ray, you need to rein it in just a little I know, bit. I know, I <laughs> know. I have been waiting for this for so long. I mean that sincerely. You're very kind. Oh, man. Yes, I am. Anyway. <laughs> 
we were talking about the evolution of theater and theater groups in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. That was our latest topic. And I, Kathy, continue on that. So you brought up the point that there could be a potential dilution, right, of mm-hmm. talent or whatever. Uh, it's not so much the talent. It's just that the resources that are available for uh, uh, companies now has diminished a great deal. I mean, you used to have, um, you know, dozens if not hundreds of people participating in uh, the golden era at the Community Players, for example. It brought in the whole town. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they would have sold-out performances uh, for four or five nights uh, at the city auditorium. That kind of thing has been uh, thinned out considerably because there are so many choices. Uh, are you saying we're fighting for audience members as well as talent? Uh, sure. Yes. Yeah. 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 For um, when you cast someone, so you, you've gone through, somebody's come, they've auditioned, and they're presented a role, and they say, great. Then a week later, they contact the director and say, I've gotten a better role somewhere else. Really? Yeah. yeah. That does happen. And, what? and so they have to juggle really fast and figure out how to do it. Or you just don't get people to come to auditions um, because other people are holding auditions in other places. But we still manage to get most shows cast and we still do quality shows just as we've been doing for all these years. The trick is finding people to work backstage, backstage. Uh, mm-hmm. to cover all of the, the grunt jobs that uh, nobody else wants well, to do. You know, who, if you can be on stage, why do you want to be a grip? Um, but grips are just as important. And we, you know, we've had to change our season. We used to be a staple on Thanksgiving weekend. I remember that. And we were part of um, many people's Thanksgiving tradition. They'd have the big dinner, they'd take a nap, and then they'd come see the show. But we had to move it off Thanksgiving weekend because we couldn't get people to, to staff the show. Behind the scenes? Behind mm-hmm. the scenes. So, you know, we, you pivot. And uh, now we're the weekend before Thanksgiving. Did you get any pushback on that? We did. We did. But the people who were pushing back weren't coming back to say, I'll do it. (laughs) So, okay, (laughs) I'll come to it, but I won't do it. Well, we need need people to do it, too. (laughs) So, yeah, it's it's good. We, We pivoted. It's been now set in stone. We're the weekend before Thanksgiving, and and uh, it works out fine. We move from a Thursday to a Sunday matinee. Again, pivoting on um, what does our audience want. Um, will we get more people on Sunday than we do on on Thursday? Um, we had to give up our our strike breakfasts. Um, you know, Ooh. after a Saturday yeah. night um, run, we would strike until five o'clock in the morning. But there would be a huge breakfast put on by someone who had been scheduled to to do the strike breakfast. Um, yeah, so we don't have that anymore. But you know, you you just and you'd have Sunday to recover instead yeah. of having a show to do it too. Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And then go to work on Monday. Oh, oh. Those the good old days. I hate yeah. matinees. I, I hate to say it. I hate matinees. They just make me crazy. It depends on the show, you know. Mm. I mean, there are some shows that lend themselves to matinees very nicely. Name one. Um, 
Actually, uh, excuse me. A, a <laughs> Anything e- with children. <laughs> a recent experience uh, that I had was um, uh, the matinee performances of um, – of, uh, oh, yep. Come on, Eric. Give yeah. us a hint. No, no, hold on. You need a nap like me? Uh, yeah, I Barnum. Told oh. Barnum, when it was done at the hat box. That was a fun matinee. I enjoyed Barnum. Yep. Uh, uh, but that that's – it's the exception, not the norm. I agree with you. Uh, matinees can be a real, particularly if you're doing an evening show. It, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've had that a few times well, in the hat box too. This, for, I, I'm getting old, obviously, but you know the recovery after the Saturday night show. Oh, sure. Is just brutal, and to have to come in and do the the matinee on Sunday. Hey, mm-hmm. mama, mama, mm-hmm. please. Well, you always okay. have roles that require you to. Be tense and cry, and, That's true. and you, 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 they wring everything out of you, and then it's like, okay, I'll do it again. And so hour you're later. admitting you you've abused me? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I didn't do no, it. No, 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 no. In the audience, I've watched you. It's like, oh, there he goes again. He's crying again. Again. <laughs> it's a trick of mine. I it is. Pull that out. It's yeah. an awesome. You're trick. ruining my trick here. You, you can't really feel all of that, Catherine. It would just uh, yeah you'd implode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I there's so many ways to go with this. I <laughs> truly. I I want to touch on love letters. Oh, okay. Um, I hadn't seen it mm-hmm. unfortunately, but you've done it twice. Is that correct? It yeah. is. You have. Tell so me. Dozens of people we performed. <laughs> Stop. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> well, look, it wasn't entirely our fault. The first one was done uh, in 2020 during COVID. We were the last show. Before Hatbox closed Got you. because of COVID. And then we were one of the first shows when Hatbox opened after COVID. So yeah, we we didn't get a lot of people. We did perform once with one person in the audience and the director. Mm-hmm. Um, but we gave him the show and he enjoyed it. And he was glad that he didn't come down from up north to see it and have it canceled. Yeah. And... Uh, if yeah. one cow comes up from the field to feed, <laughs> it's I'd worth feed it him. for one. That's we can right. just save one I would, baby. I wouldn't give him the whole load. <laughs> well, he got the whole him. load. He got, he got the, the whole load. load. Tell Absolutely. me about the show itself. Not you don't have to explain the show. I, what I really want to know is when you did it the second time. Were there things that you realized after the first time that you thought, oh? These work. I understand this better now. Mm-hmm. There are more nuances, or I could have said that differently after the first one, and I'm glad that I got to do it the second time. Did you find that at all? Well, we. It, what I found, and I'll, I'll make it a, a me statement, okay, an I statement. All right. Um, the first um, set of shows, because we ran th- three weekends and two weekends on on either end. Um, the first time it was being directed by um, someone slightly older than we are and a male. And I found that he concentrated a lot on Eric's character. Um, The second time we, and the sympathy for the show went toward Eric. Really? (laughs) And the second time we were directed by someone who's slightly older than our daughter who, um, and a female, and I found more sympathy being directed, even coming from the audience, to my character. So it was the difference between ages of the directors and the sexes of the directors, 
and um, where they wanted different things stressed. Yeah. It was the same play, but different productions. Yeah. I love this. I love this because this is the mechanics of acting. And this is why I'm glad you're here. So tell me about, as as you, were there lines that, that the second time being directed by the female that you're like, <gasps> no, I had no idea that it went that way or, or I was supposed to feel that way or, you know, because sometimes the first time you do it, you it, it's very, I don't want to say sterile, but you, you feel the pressure to get through it and, mm-hmm. and, and to perform it. And then after you've ha- you're done, you think to yourself, I could have said that a little bit differently. Were there those kinds of moments in the second uh, production that... Oh, sure. I mean, what what was coming out? What, what was happening there? The, the big difference for me uh, between the two productions was uh, uh, just having uh, a sense of my character, uh, the arc that he went through uh, versus the arc that uh, she went through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, really what, what, I, what it boils down to is, yes, you find little nuances in the lines, uh, a, a different kind of um, uh, flavor to it all. Um, but the, di- the difference in the productions was precisely because of the directors. They, they bring their own uh, tools to the equation. Uh, it it, it um, made both shows different experiences, both very fulfilling. So if someone like had doing seen both, of, yeah, is that right? Yeah. And both directors were excellent directors. I, I don't want to disparage one to the other. Both of them were wonderful to work with. Hang on, I'm strapping on my ballet shoes. I hear the music. You are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your host, Ray Dudley. In studio with me, Eric and Kathy. Ah, oh, jeez, yes, I'm spoiled. You can find us on WKXL4. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM. Those are bands, by the way, in Concord. 101.9 FM in Manchester. And we can be found on nhtalkradio.com. We'll be right back. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm feeling richer this morning. You are listening to the NH Unscripted. I am your host, Ray Dudley. We can be found on WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. Get your digits going and go out to nhtalkradio.com where you can find previous episodes of all the programming here. Don't go right now. In studio with me is Eric and Kathy Hodges, and they are killing me. Oh, my God, they're killing me. You ought to hear the off-air stuff. Anyway, we're talking about and getting deep in the weeds of acting. Um, love letters. They both did love letters together. Have you ever done them apart from each other? No. Uh, well, good you, grief. You haven't. What? You haven't done love letters. Oh, no, no, no. I misunderstood your question. No. Oh. no. We, we, we've done it twice together, and that's the only time we've done it. Yeah. We, we met doing a show together. Uh, I mean, we had known each other Kind of at a distance oh, through the plays a... for sometimes. We have a great meet cute. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. all in. We were auditioning for Brigadoon. Okay. This would have been in '84, and um, uh, we were auditioning opposite one another. It was uh, for callbacks, I think. It Wasn't was. It callbacks. It was and, callbacks. Uh, I, you know, 
that sometimes when you're auditioning with another person, you realize that there are things you can get away with with that person that you might not be able to with other actors. I'm going to say I don't, but well, go ahead. Yes, you do. <laughs> and uh, You've gotten away with them. We were, we were doing the tender love scene at the end of the musical where uh, Fiona and... Tommy. Are, Tommy? Yes, our parting company. And as we say the lines, we're trying to look in each other's eyes, and we ever so gently kissed on the lips. This is before we knew each other, and pulled gently away from each other. And my wife-to-be tripped over a folding chair. <laughs> Crash. Yeah, I didn't get the part. <laughs> <laughs> she would have been perfect, too. That's what is crushing okay, about that. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, we were cast the following uh, spring. The following spring, we were cast opposite opposite each other in Greece, which uh, we were young enough to be in at the time. That's Amen. what thirty five, thirty eight years ago. Actually, Man. pretty close. Like yesterday. Yeah. Uh, well, it's like yesterday. That's that's what's so amazing. So we were partnered together in March. The mm -hmm. show was in May. Mm -hmm. We moved in together in June. He proposed in August, and we were married in December. And the rest is history. The rest there is history. you go. They gave us six months. It's been thirty eight years. Wow. Mm -hmm. yeah, is that true? Yep. They, yeah. Six months. Yeah, that's what they, they gave the, us. Six months. Yeah, the friends who moved us, they went. Yeah, you're well, not you're, gonna last. This <laughs> lot of support. You're, you're going an awful long time here to prove them wrong. Yeah, you know that's that, right? right. Yeah, <laughs> we're waiting for them to die, and then we. Can. <laughs> That is an aspect of the the players' organization. Actually, does have a lot of these these um, relationships that happen, uh, marriages, and for the most part, successful ones mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. from people that have met doing shows. Dirt together. now, we're getting the dirt now. Oh, I don't know. What? There's not a lot of dirt to it. No, I, I'm I calling mean, it if, dirt. If you really want to go there, <laughs> it's dirt. I can I'm tell you a few there. stories about. There you no, go. No, 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 no. That's the back page. <laughs> no names, but uh, all fair. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> During the golden era, for example, when, oh, when I was growing up, my parents had uh, a house on Washington Street, which is just up Union Street from City Hall. So we ended up having an awful lot of cast parties and just get-togethers on the first floor of our house. And it was not unusual for me to go to bed listening to really, really loud uh, show tunes being played and uproarious laughter. And, of course, this was in the days when everybody smoked, so there was always a pall of cigarette smoke three feet off the floor. Nose level to children. Absolutely. Uh -huh. Very healthy environment. Uh -huh. And uh, I'd come down in the morning, and there'd be pizza boxes everywhere and empty bottles. It was, uh, it was a, a bit ah, of an eye Ah, the opener. memories. Oh, yes, uh, indeed. Yes, The yes. warmth. I can feel it right now. Uh, <laughs> empty pizza boxes and bottles. There you go. Kicking yeah. around. Well, the other thing I remember is uh, from that time, the Union Street um, Players Studio used to be in a little – it had been a church that the players were able to buy – and turn into uh, a workspace. The, the The floor area of this uh, little church was just about the same size as the stage itself. So they were able to set up and um, do set construction. And then when it was time to move into the Audi, they'd simply pick up these pieces and walk them across the street. And uh, in much the nicer the than lugging them out of the Phoenix, huh? For sure, well, dude. We, we did, did 1776 too. and lugged that freaking <laughs> thing down those back steps, uh, and then did the show in the middle of July without oh. air conditioning, <laughs> just like they would have in, God, in yes, Philadelphia. Uh, those were the days. Oh, my, my <laughs> wife loves that show. She throws it on the that soundtrack. That was a good production. Everyone. That was yeah. a good show. I Ray, you were that. brilliant as stop, John Adams. Stop, John Adams. checks in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Although I do remember you blew your throat out. I did. The second I did because I don't show. know how to sing. Well, you know, I did. You, you did were... you cry? Of course oh, I'm crying. I cry in every show. Of course. I'm going to cry right now. <laughs> Does anybody care? This is abuse. <laughs> this is abuse. I cannot well, believe it. You invited us. I you did. Made, made yourself a target, dang, right? I'm dang, sorry. Dang, <laughs> Are there shows that you have not done that you're able to do that you hope to do yet? What, able to do now? <laughs> There's a difference. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Really? There's Actually, lots yes. of parts that... I know. I, I've aged out. Yeah. I'm ready to do uh, Sir in The Dresser. I, I, I don't know anything about it. The Dresser. Um, Wait, isn't that a movie? It there was. It was a film with. Yep. Uh, with um, Tom Courtney. Tom Courtney and the other guy. Um, <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, not, not, I'm going to pretend like I just. Old people try and remember yeah, names. Yeah, Forget yeah, about yeah. it. Uh, the, the point is. Who are you? Albert Finney. Albert Finney, thank you. Yeah. Uh, it takes me a while, but a I Shakespearean come up with actor uh, with a sadly depleted theater company because it's during World War II, during the Blitz. Uh, and uh, he um, pulls together this uh, uh, production of um, King Lear. And uh, I mean, he comes in having an apparent heart attack, having just occurred, does the show anyway. And the dresser who gets him into character, gets him into makeup and actually steers him on stage where he suddenly becomes Lear. It's it's a wonderful play. I'd love to do that. Never heard, well, I shouldn't say never heard, right? I, I heard of the movie. We, we look for things to do. I mean, Kath uh, recently, uh, well, maybe not recently, read uh, um, The Gin Game, which would be good for an old couple like us. Yeah. But it turns out it's not a very nice play. No, I wouldn't want to spend all that rehearsal time what, really? just being... Hateful. They're they're hateful to each other. Yeah. Oh, oh, and you know we're married. I don't want to be hateful to him. I mean, well, this would be your chance to get it out. Well, I mean, no, well. Ray. <laughs> I was married to you. True. In uh, Twenty Seven Wagons oh, Full of Cotton. Mother, I forgot oh about God. that. I did too. Yeah. And Ooh, I haven't forgotten Ray. <laughs> that you know Tennessee Williams is hard on women. So three three acts. I was beaten by my husband, you. I had forgotten this. Uh-huh. Raped I, by the neighbor man, <laughs> and gone mad in the third act. So how you know, have I blanked this? <laughs> well, why haven't I? I? Need therapy. It's be, I needed therapy, <laughs> yeah, really. and it it was hard enough that we instituted a at the end of each rehearsal. We had to hug because it was so hard. And I didn't have to go home with you. So if I was doing a show (laughs) with him where we fought through the whole thing, there wouldn't be a break to be able to. Headline in the Concord (laughs) Monitor, woman kills husband after (laughs) rehearsal. (laughs) Couldn't take it anymore. (laughs) Boy, it was. Yeah, that was a rough show, yeah. but I could get out of it and come home and say, Whew, oops, sorry, I hit the table. Uh, <laughs> it was, um, you know, when you had to hit me, mm. you know, we had to yeah. work that Ooh, out. I like, forgot don't, ugly. don't use your bones. It yeah, <laughs> no, hurts man, the jaws. Man. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Are there any roles that you would like to play that you haven't yet? Oh, well... I just take them as they come, I guess. There's I, nothing on your bucket list that n- n- that I can play anymore. Yeah, I, no, I, uh, I decided a number of years ago, 
I was going through back issues, and after I'd done a show, I went, I'm not going to be able to do a show anymore. And um, did PT, okay, worked my way up, figuring I would do another show. I didn't another show, and I decided I was going to always treat each show as my last show. Mm. So I'm going to have as much fun and enjoy myself through each show. And so that was about five or six shows ago. But I do, I go into the show with the mentality of this could be my last one. Not that I'm going to die at Jeez, the end of it. this is morbid. No, dad, not huh? that I'm going to die, but that. This is the rabbit hole we went in and pulled the covers over. I'm, I'm old, you know. There's just so much stuff <laughs> well, you can do. There are things you have to let go to. Um, prior to COVID, we had cast and were ready to do Man of La Mancha. I was going to be Don Quixote. I was really looking forward to it. At the hat box? At the hat box. And then COVID hit. And we postponed it initially uh, until we found that it simply wasn't going to happen. At all? You can't resurrect that? uh, Yeah. I'm too old now. (laughs) Oh, man. So you have to let things go. All right, I hear the music. All right, my feet. I feel those dancing beats. You're listening to NH Unscripted. I am your host, Ray Dudley, happily talking with my friends, Eric and Kathy Hodges. You are listening to us on WKXL 1450 AM or maybe 103 FM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, or maybe you're listening to us streaming on NHTalkRadio.com. Come back. Save me. Save me. Help me, Jesus. Help me. That'll wake you up. (laughs) You are listening to NH Unscripted, you lucky people. I am your host, Ray Dudley. We can be found on WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM. Those are bands, AM and FM bands. Yeah, that's in Concord. 101.9 FM in Manchester or nhtalkradio.com. I need to thank our sponsor, Lakes Region Fence, lrfence.com. They have been gracious to sponsor this production, and I am so happy that we're we're affiliated with them. Matt and his crew up there do just do wonderful work. Good fences make good neighbors. Oh, there's a line. What a segue. What a segue. Old-time philosophy. Yes, correct. That was the voice of Eric Hodges. Who? I want to test. I, I didn't know if you wanted to bring up Tess's name. But oh, of course. Tess the next is generation. on fire. I see her everywhere. She is loving theater, loving performing, I should say. I'm not sure she's just doing theater, but she just, I watched them. in Her and Katie, mm-hmm. they're like two peas in a pod. Yep. They do everything together. They were in duets. I saw them in mm-hmm. duets up there. They did... She's living life large, she right? Is. Absolutely. You must be pre- crazy proud of her. Very proud. Uh, the thing is, I don't remember that either of us had a particular influence on this, except that we would bring it to rehearsals, and um, you know, she'd camp out uh, with her brother and keep themselves busy while we were working on various shows. And obviously, some of it came from that. But she had kind of a pivotal year. I think her junior year in high school, she spent the summer watching 
every episode of the Carol Burnett Show. Oh. And uh, believe it or not, that's Enough a said. really, really cool uh, kind of uh, training yeah. uh, program for her uh, because she has a very good instinct for – uh, for for comedy for sure, but for pathos and just uh, uh, you know, when she's on stage, she's listening and she's paying attention oh. and uh, all the good stuff. It's crazy to watch them. They just love it. Mm-hmm. They just love. They're fully invested. It's fascinating to watch them up there. Yep. Well, that's where I see them up there in at Powerhouse. Um, so sticking with the younger generation, having done as much time. Having spent as much time performing as you have, what would you, if you could give one tip to younger people who are thinking of performing or or getting into the arts, what what would you come up with that you could Uh, hand off to them? Learn old school. Know how to project. Know how to pronunciate. Know how to reach the back of the house without a PA system. Or the with, one thing that has really without changed, a body mic. Absolutely, what has really changed in the last fifty odd years is that we used to go into city hall and do it on natural, man. If you could make your voice bounce off the back wall, you knew that you were being heard. That skill is completely lost to most actors now. I would, we have people coming into the hat box using mics. What? Yes. Yeah, it's How is happened that? a few what? times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a musical in there. Dude, people are five okay. feet away from you. <laughs> I won't be specific, but yes, please don't. There, there are actors who actually expect it as part of um, the cost of doing business. That's and, stupid. Well, there are a few venues. I'm calling it stupid. Well, there are venues where it's necessary. If you were at the Cap Center, for example, yeah, of if course you're you can in have a mic. But a subway system in Boston somewhere, you might <laughs> sure. need it. Uh, but that's the biggest change that I've seen. And the problem with not getting the fundamentals is that uh, when you do end up in a situation where you need to be heard because your mic's down, you're not always equipped for that. We saw um, uh, the Adams family down in, I think, New York. New York. Uh, with um, uh, Shakespearean trained actors, Gomez. I don't remember his name, but Catherine will remember. It eventually. eventually, maybe. Had a girl. Uh, but <laughs> his, his mic went down. He was backstage and on the second floor of this massive set, and he knew his mic went down. And rather than just stand there and be befuddled, he made himself heard to the back of the house. We were in the nosebleed seats. Yeah, from backstage. And, of course, later his mic did come back on. Uh, but it was, it was a really classic example of stagecraft. And the problem with having a mic is that it makes you lazy. Yeah, I it agree. It makes me lazy. I agree. 100%. It doesn't make Catherine lazy. She's of course strong. not. Yes. No, yeah. Well, <laughs> she works hard. The demure. You know, she acts hard. Yeah. <laughs> we were, she cried? We were. Yeah. No, you cried. <laughs> we were in a show together, and they were doing the mic tests. And, you know, you stand up there and you go, one, two, three. And I'm listening to. Tess was in the show as well, and he's going, one, two, two, three, and Tess is going, one, two, three. And I'm like, this is the guy who complains about having to use a body mic. Well, if you don't want to use a body mic, make the sound guy work. So I get up there and I project it. I know I'm not going to say it (laughs) loudly. (laughs) But I projected myself. And it's up to the sound guy to even me out. He knows that that's what I'm – sorry, I'm hitting the – table again he knows that i'm going to bring that every time i'm up there so don't flip me all the way up bring me down you have to level me out 
because generally I have found that if a mic is going to go out, it's going to be mine. I've had mics go out in at least three shows. What? And it's like a curse. Hmm. I know. And I'm not doing anything. It, it just, they'll go out. And so I was in Once on this Island, and I was singing a duet. It was a sad song. Our little girl is going away. And Angelo Gentile was my counterpart, and I just maneuvered up to him and <laughs> sang into his mic. Brilliant. And, and no one knew, or they knew my mic went out, but, you know, it, it, it worked. But, yeah, you, you hit the back wall with your voice. It comes back to you. You know you can be heard. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, especially diction. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, loud mumbling is still mumbling. Yeah, and that's really exactly right. And it's really hard to pick out. So uh, as, as long as a few people are aware of it. I don't think that we'll lose it altogether. Every few years you see a, a new production on Stratford-on-Avon. There'll be actors doing it old school in a globe mock-up, and they'll be bellowing at the audience. Mm -hmm. But they know that that's what's involved. Right. And as actors decide maybe they don't need all this technology to make themselves heard, there are venues medium-sized venues where that's quite possible. And uh, I would really encourage it because you lose the connection that you can make with an audience when you have that wall of technology between you. Yeah. When you're playing a proscenium and you're reaching the back of the house, you can feel the energy coming back, not only from what you've put into the performance, but what the audience is putting into yeah, it. Yeah, I know. If they're forced to listen, that energy exchange really happens a and lot I, better. And I think there's a mechanical part of it. Your ear can tell. You can tell it's it's metallic almost coming over the speaker. Sure. It's you, artificial, exactly, yep. and it loses something in that translation yeah. over that. You know, and this is after having done sound for the community players for years and years. I've tried every solution I could think of to make it more uh, natural sounding, and the problem with it being too natural is that people suddenly can't hear the PA because they're not knowing what to listen for. Or you don't give them something that bangs them. So around. mentally they're battling between what's coming straight forward as opposed to what's coming through the speakers? Well, Is that what you're saying? See, that, that's the other thing that's changed. Audiences don't feel like they have to work to, to listen to a show. They don't have to invest much in it. I mean, there's been a lot lately about bad behavior in theaters and at concert venues. People don't know how to behave as audiences anymore. Ooh, there's a rabbit hole. It's a little scary. Oh but uh, um, in the old days, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you did get a, a second balcony seat, you were sitting hunched over listening carefully the whole time because that's how you got the most, how you got anything out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, because you're making that investment, that's a back and forth that uh, the performer and the audience uh, both benefit from. Right. And um, by having, you know, sound and, and just theater craft in general has changed so much, it's become almost a cinematic experience instead of being um, a, a theatrical what one. What a comparison. Dolby Theater. You go, to, you go to the movie theater and you're deafened by yeah. you know, the yeah, sound. Yeah, the great big boom, boom sound. But that's what people are expecting when they come mm. to The turning the point, as far as I'm concerned, was the first time we saw Les Mis uh, in Boston. 
uh, with the rotating stage. Yes. I mean, there were moments where um, uh, whoever the character was, she was walking home. And I mean, because of the rotating stage, she was able to walk center stage and have everything revolve around her. You could see leaves blowing by, and it was a cinematic experience. Uh, you you lost the sense that you were watching live actors for a second because mm. that was it was like a dolly shot basically she was stationary but walking and it's a kind of a mind trick you suddenly realize this is live theater it mm. didn't look like live theater and then you have big extravaganzas the Lion King was a good example down in Boston again um, where you had two um, actors two children on stage, very similar physical makeups, very similar voices. You couldn't tell who was singing because their voices were matched so perfectly oh to the God. PA, really loud PA. That's disturbing. So uh, you didn't know who to watch. Yeah, <laughs> and the more people you have on stage, the more confusing that becomes. Right, right, right. And when you've got 20 or 30 mics live on stage, suddenly it's just this wash of sound that you can't attach to an actor. Is that the outro music? No, 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 no. I had so many more questions. Part two. We're ending on a downer. Oh, <laughs> man. Uh, well, this has been a joy. I don't know about anybody else. I don't care if anybody got out of bed today but me. This has been an absolute joy. Thank you so much. My guests have been Eric and Kathy Hodges. I have loved it, and again, I do have a lot more questions. This is exactly what NHN Scripted is for. Welcome. Kathy is in Quilters uh, in October, uh, September, October. Yep. I'll be appearing for the fourth time as Scrooge at the Hatbox in That was December. one of my questions. Dang well, now it. now you know. You are listening to NH Unscripted. I am Ray Dudley, your host. You can find us on WKXL on the 1450 AM band and the 109, 103.9 FM Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. We are also found nhtalkradio.com. Have a great day!